Welcome to the Podski Wee Wee Post Games Instant Reactions Show. The Ticats win in a thriller against the Argonauts and move to three and six on the season. Uh, a tie with the Alouettes, who we face next week. So things are maybe starting to turn around for the Ticats, but it's just one game. Uh, Josh was at the game tonight. Uh, first thing I want to ask you, Josh, just a little bit of fun here. It seemed like the crowd was extra into it tonight. Were they? Uh, did they bring it? Jack, that crowd, that crowd was, was great tonight. And on a similar note, me and my friends were joined uh, sitting in front of us, uh, one of the parents of an Argos player. Uh, the, I, I wish I could remember his name. It starts with an O. His, his father, I believe, is very, he's, he's very prolific on social media. Absolute joy, to be quite honest with you, watching him. There's been a lot of, and, and we've engaged in a lot of negative, you know, Argos, Ticats fan back and forth. But in a situation like this, and maybe my, my, my views would be different if we had lost tonight. But it was, it was really nice to sit amongst fans. They cheered. They, they rang their cowbells. I thought at first it was going to get annoying, but it, just, it was just nice to see. And, and yeah, the, the, the Ticats crowd was, uh, was full throat today. I think that they, were, they, they brought it. There was all that talk, obviously, of the, the crowd noise and, and all that stuff uh, from, the, from BMO that, that had come up that I, that I wrote about for three down. But tonight, uh, no, no, nothing artificial about that. Just, just an absolutely electric atmosphere for a game that, I mean, the final score I think is going to flatter the game slightly. Uh, there were some, some slow periods here uh, tonight, but uh, for the most part, pretty, pretty darn good CFL game that we had th- uh, this evening in Hamilton. Yeah, absolutely, and the, you know, the the game the night before wasn't too bad as well. I thought we've been we've been having some pretty good football this year, um, but to get back to the game, obviously. Well, first, you first know, the, before the, you say anything, uh, do we have a comment yeah. from that guy that told us the Ticats would never beat the Argos this year? That takes oh. about a week. Yes, I don't. I didn't see anything yet, but uh, <laughs> we'll find out once we go through all these all these comments. But uh, you know, the Ticats this year, obviously, they haven't played well in second halves. Uh, this was different tonight. I thought the offense, the, everything, special teams, defense, offense, I thought they came out in the second half and really took over the game. And where I think we need to give kudos is Jamie Newman. Thrust into the starting lineup in the second half. Matthew Schultz was out. Not sure what the issue was there. They went kind of conservative offensively. They did a lot of running. Uh, I mean, the run game worked tremendously tonight in a lot of spots, but they, did, they didn't They did really let Newman rip, but he he kept the ship steady. Then the defense, it's it's that complimentary football thing that we hear coaches talk about a lot. I, I remember when we had Jeff Reinbold on the show all those years ago, that was one of the things that he, he said produces winning football. And for a guy who's been in the coaching profession for 30-something years, it's you, you kind of listen to what those guys have to say, right? So... They the def- the offense you knew the offense was going to be hampered somewhat by putting a third string quarterback in there. The defense stepped up and made plays. The defensive line got a ton of pressure. The DBs were knocking balls down left, right, and center. Seontay Evans must have almost a dozen pass breakups this year already. He some of them I'm wishing were interceptions, but he's he's still making those those plays work. And it was the polar I, I it's funny because i said to my friends at halftime i was like you know how you can't blow a halftime uh, a double digit halftime lead you don't go into halftime with the lead and they didn't and then they were exceptional 
in in the second half. I think I think this was maybe the best. I know that that first half against the the Stamps back early in the season, where they went to like a twenty four nothing lead, is probably statistically the best half football they played. But that second half t- tonight, I think, is the most important half of football they played because if that goes south, this season might be over. But now it's you're right back in the thick of things. Yeah, if we if we lose this one, I mean we're two and seven, and things don't look very good. Now we're we're three and six, and we're we're right in the hunt for that uh, that last playoff spot in the East, assuming there won't you know be a third playoff team in the East, which there there won't be. Uh, but what did you think of Matthew Schultz overall tonight? I thought he was, you know, he was effective. He was 14 of 19, 73%, 176 yards, a touchdown interception. He was fine. He was about as good as I had hoped he would be. They let him throw it a bit more, which they were going to have to do. They can't just run quarterback draws and, and five yard hit screens with him all night. I thought he, there were some questionable decisions that he made. Like I know it worked out in the end, but the, the pass interference call that on the long ball, like he throws that into double coverage. If the Argos defender has even the slightest bit of discipline, that's an interception. You know what I mean? Like even the Tim White touchdown looked a little wonky, mm. at least from where I was sitting. Maybe it looked different on television, but it looked like it was a bit of a contested ball that White just won the contest on. Uh, but for the most, he, like he's a backup quarterback and he played like a backup quarterback, but that this is what, and I think we talked about this when they signed him, this is what I would expect him to do. He's going to make some some good plays. He's going to make some ones that are going to be like, what did you see there? But that's why he's a backup and not a starter, right? So I thought he, for the most part, he, he did his job, and they came away with the win. Now, did he do enough, in my estimation, to supplant Dane Evans as a starter? No. And I don't think that that quarterback controversy should be getting started. I think he was fine, but I think everything else around him Defense and special teams, special teams especially. Lawrence Woods tonight was absolutely fantastic on punt returns. But those things there, like it took the entire team to win this game. And Schiltz was good. And uh, I'm curious to hear your what your overall take on what, what, what Schiltz did. But I thought he was fine, but I didn't think he was, you know, he's not the second coming of Bo Levi Mitchell or anything. No, he didn't blow me away or anything. But like I said, I thought he was he was effective where he needed to be. You know that that pass to Tim White. You're right; it wasn't um, a perfect pass for him. I thought Tim White made a really good adjustment to the ball, and uh, he made that play happen. So you can't really give the credit to Matt Schultz on that, even though you know he threw the ball technically. But uh, overall, I'm with you. I thought it was it was a good performance. Uh, We got the win, so I'm happy. What about the run game, man? Did, did, did it look as good on paper, like stats-wise? Because you obviously have the stats probably in front of you. Mm. And on television, as because it, it looked like they were ripping off some pretty damn good runs tonight. They did. And, you know, it was the same thing as last week. Don Jackson played really well in the first half, and then they just kind of went away from him. Um, I don't know if he got nicked up or what the deal was. But, yeah, the rushing game was, once again, they used a plethora of, uh, of runners they had Jamie Newman led the the team in rushing with 55 yards because he had that big scamper. Um, Don Jackson was, wasn't far behind with 46 yards on on seven carries, and then Sean Thomas Erlington had that big run to uh, blow the game open wide open uh, near the end. So uh, overall, I thought that it, it was pretty good game from from the rushing attack. 
What was do you, do you have their total rushing yards? I'm curious because it felt like this was the best game. They've started to incorporate the run game more and more as the, as these last few weeks have gone on, and I feel like it's actually finally starting to work. Like I thought that they ran the ball pretty well. I mean, I thought they ran the ball decently against Toronto last week. I thought they ran the ball well against Montreal the week before, and I really thought tonight they ran the ball well. They must have been up over 100 yards, no? Yeah, I'm doing a little bit of quick math, and forgive me on this because I'm not that great at math, but I'm, I think it's around 150 collectively from about five different players. One, yeah, 150. One five zero? Yeah, so they got 55 oh. from Newman, 46 from Don, 28 from Sean Thomas Arlington, 15 from Schultz, and five yards from Tim White. Yeah, that seems to be in the 130 to 1. Yeah, holy shit. I didn't think you would yeah, think so. that. That's an excellent night running the football. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to come from one person, right? If, if whatever works. So uh, I thought it was great. And you, in the receiving game, I thought it was great to see Tim White have a bounce back mm-hmm. game and maybe get back on track. Uh, did you see that from him tonight as well? He he needed that. I think that touchdown, that's one of those things that could be the turning point in a guy's season because he's struggled. He's really, oh. really struggled this year. He's only had the one. Did he, have, did he end up going over 100 yards tonight or, or no? Yeah, 77. Okay, so he yeah, because he wasn't like again the passing. It was more of a run run oriented offense this week, so the passing attack wasn't hugely involved in the game. But I thought I thought Tim White was good. I, Keandre Smith, I, I've been pumping his tires since they they, they drafted him. I, I think he looked like a guy that could be a starter in this league playing in this. And they started three Canadian receivers tonight. Like th- this is kind of my overall feeling. They had every reason going into this game to wilt. And then the adversity they suffered during the game, Schiltz goes out. We saw Simone go out for a spell. Seontay Evans got hurt. Like, they had every excuse in the book as, to just fold when adversity hits. And they came back, and they came back. They fought the referees, which we'll get into, I'm sure, in a bit, because there was some highly questionable refereeing decisions in this game kind of on both sides, but especially against the Ticats that were just mind-bogglingly stupid, in my opinion. But they they fought, and, and Tim White is a part of this. Like, he's a guy that's had a rough season, and he's fought through it, and he's fought through it, and he has a nice game tonight. But the team as a whole, Mike, like their, their ability to take the adversity that was dealt to them and kind of give it the middle finger, mm-hmm. that these types of wins where you – folding and just going you know it's not our night because things weren't going their way early that happens in football that happens in sports sometimes so for this to for them to get this win in this fashion dealing with what they're dealing with really impressive in my opinion yeah i totally agree and i you know i thought we were cooked when uh schultz went out Mm-hmm. The start of the second half, he's like, and it's nothing against uh, Newman. You know, he, he performed, he did what he had to do, but it's just the offense shrinks so much, right? I mean, they they weren't going to pass the ball. If he was in for the rest of the game, we would have struggled to win that game. But, uh, yeah, they managed to pull it out. So, impressive win by them. And, you know, we're talking about Tim White having a bounce-back game. I think we have to touch on uh, Lamar Durant because uh, nothing out of him. He had one passed on his way uh, early on in the game he dropped it and then nothing else well didn't he did he did induce the pass interference call though that that was a throw to him that 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 got yeah the, that's fair that's fair he did he did no there he's his disappointment might be tough because we i don't know how much he's into the game plan but i would have thought a night like tonight when they're dealing with all those 
injuries to the receiving core. Steven Dunbar didn't look like he would like basically what the Argos were going to do defensively was they were going to take Steven Dunbar out of the game and basically say, beat me with one of these other four. And I would have thought that Durant would have stepped up. I thought David Unger, I think he might've only had the one catch, but it was a, a clutch second down catch. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Keandre Smith had a couple of catches in this game. I thought he, again, there wasn't the passing attack. Like what, what were Schiltz's numbers? Like he, did he throw, even throw 25 passes? Uh, just scrolling to the top. He was 14 of 19. Didn't even throw 20 passes. So yeah. there's only so many. I mean, 14 and 19 is not bad, though. Jesus, that's like 75%. No. Yep. 73.7. Jeez, that's pretty good. But you know what I mean? Like, if you're only throwing the ball 20 times, there's only so many. And they were they were doing a lot of, of, of dump-offs and a lot of, like, screen passes. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like short passes. That's not necessarily Lamar Durant's game. But it is a little disappointing that he didn't have a bigger game in this one. Because I would have thought going into it, he would have been a guy that Schultz could have could have leaned on when you're dealing with a lot of younger players. Because believe it or not, like he, would, he would have yep. been the elder statesman in the receiving core tonight. Like that's pretty crazy. Yeah. To think. Like, Tim White second year, Dunbar second year, Unger third year, um, Keandre Smith rookie. Like Lamar mm-hmm. Durant's been in the league since 2015. Like he would have been the only guy above like. 25 in the receiving course. So you would have expected him to maybe pick up the slack a little bit. So it is a little disappointing to see that that didn't happen. But again, we don't know what the game plan was and what would have like, was, was he, was he not like, was that not what he was meant to do tonight? But I thought he would have stepped up and had a bigger game. I'm surprised to find out he had, he had no, he had no catches. That's kind of shocking to me, but you're right. He did have that big drop. Yeah. Uh, anything more on the offense you want to touch on? Well, just, just give a shout out to the offensive line. Yeah, See, that's the thing. It's a good thing we we're not talking about offensive line. You know, that's a great thing. Yeah, I agree. But like, I just want to give him a a quick shout out because I thought protection was really good tonight. Obviously, when you run for you rush for 140 something to 150 something yards, a lot of that is the holes that the offensive line opens up. There were some. uh, There were a lot of procedure penalties, which is a little concerning when that happens at home. But I thought for the most part, the offensive line was pretty solid. And I figured that they deserved we, – we give them so much grief when they don't play well that it's only fair to give them kind of a little bit of a shout-out when they do. Yeah, I thought, that, you know, the last at least three to four games, the offensive line has been really, really good. So um, thumbs up to them for sure. Now, yeah, the Travis, defense... Travis Vornkoll, I just want to give him a shout-out because he yep. has done the most with a second opportunity. He oh. was awful for this team in that first game. And he's come in and been, if more than adequate. He's you don't we don't talk about him because he's not making any critical mistakes that we like we saw in that first game against the Riders. So to see that growth and that a guy get a second opportunity and make the most of it, it, it tells me a lot about his character as well. Yeah, I mean he was pulled early in that first game. They were like they were having none of it. We're like get him out. It was like after like the first like it was like the second or third series after that they, <laughs> they, they took yeah. him out. Yeah, and probably never would have gotten back in that game if Kyle Saxlid didn't get hurt, and might not even be starting now if Saxlid wasn't. It was still he's still not healthy. If he was healthy now, he probably doesn't even get the second opportunity. He's making the most of it, and I think I think he's maybe that's what you need from these younger guys. They need a chance to like step back and see it again. And mm-hmm. he, he's take, he's done the most with his with a second opportunity, and that's again we don't talk about offensive linemen enough because it's a very intricate part of the game that that casual fans and I'm, this is not any meant as any sort of like disrespect 
casual fans don't really understand offensive line play. Like even I, as, as a, a more hardcore observer, don't always understand the intricacies of what goes on up front. But to see him kind of bounce back, like what we're, like he would have been going up against Jaguar Davis all night. Don't recall Jaguar Davis making much of an impact tonight at all. So in his return to Hamilton to silence a guy that's that good, I, that's, I mean, again, I, we've, we spent more time in the offensive line than I was thinking we were going to, but just a, go, a good game from the guys up front for sure. Absolutely. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, we got to talk about the defensive line in depth because I think that after a slow start, Micah Johnson has really turned Jeez. it up the last couple of games. He's him and Dylan Wynn in the middle there. I mean, just to talk, touch on Dylan Wynn for a little, like, he is a level of intensity that I don't know I've ever seen before. This guy is super intense, but those guys in the middle have done a tremendous job. They, there was maybe three or four big rushes. Like, obviously, Andrew Harris left early in this game. Looked like he was dealing with a bit, little bit of a shoulder injury. They went with A.J. Ouellette. He Ouellette ripped off a couple of nice runs. There was there was some, there was one late in the game. Actually, I don't think it was a run. I think it was a catch. Actually, like really late. Like, I'm talking like less than 45 seconds in the game. He, he made a nice move, but for the most part, they've done what they they've done against the the run. They they've continued to be that stout run defense. And then what they've done, like they harassed McLeod Bethel Thompson all night. They were in his face. Apparently, to the refs, Dylan Wynn was in his face a little too much on a certain play. That again kind of teasing what we're going to talk about later, but we really do have to get into the, some of these asinine calls that were made tonight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what can you say more about those two guys? Like Dylan Wynn is, he's phenomenal. He's, he, he's, he, he, a lot of people thought he took a step back last year and I, it looks like he's taken that criticism and decided to just rip it to shreds. Cause he's been, he was, he was probably their best offensive uh, best or not, like he was one of their best defensive linemen to start the year. He's taken it to another level, and seeing Micah Johnson get to that level now as well, that should scare the living daylights out of teams that have to play this team because they don't give up a lot. And if they play this this way for the rest of the year, they can turn this thing around. Yeah, and I made it a you know I watched Dylan win on a couple plays, just specifically him, and he just. He just seems to bring it every single play. There's no taking off plays or anything like that. So he's got, he's got a motor like I've never seen on someone. But yeah. almost as if he he's like, I'm, I'm dating myself with this reference. But he's the Energizer Bunny. He keeps going and going. It's like he has no off switch, mm. and it's it's I, I like I've seen him a couple of times. Like it, it like just it, they did autograph signings when he first came here, and he's like really affable and like nice but it's like man on the football field he must just be like there must just be a switch in his brain that he can just turn on and off because yeah. on a he would be he's one of those dudes if i was if you played against him like i wouldn't want to play against him like i'd be like this guy's going this guy might rip me in two <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it's i don't think i've ever seen a player it's been a while maybe i won't say never but it's been a while since i've seen someone who just fits this team like like when you think of like this franchise in its history, and Dylan Wynn's only been here a couple of years, so he's not up to the the level of, you know, John Barrow, Angelo Mosca, those guys. But man, does his his aura, his just way of being, just screams defensive lineman for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. It's just like 
it was meant to be that he would become this player in this city with this franchise, does it not? Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, you, we talk about the guys in the middle. Uh, I thought Julian Hauser had another great game. I think he had a sack, sack on the night, four tackles. Um, and Carney had a sack as well. So getting on the action uh, on both sides of the of the line. What were the sack totals tonight? They they got quite a few. Yeah, they did here. Uh, let's see. Got one, three. It just it says only three on the list here. Oh, because you know what? Some of them were probably taken off because of penalties. Right. So Mika, it says here Mika or Micah had two and uh, Carney had one. Okay. Because I thought Wynn definitely had one, but that might have been called back on a penalty. I don't know. There was a lot of penalties tonight that negated some really nice plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, Simone Lawrence came back to he was great. Form tonight. He was great tonight. Yeah, you know, he took absolutely. a lot of criticism early in the season from Jeff Reinbold. You know, he's not making plays. He made a bunch of plays tonight. He was he left the game with an injury, came back in. He he was phenomenal tonight. Yeah, he was uh, tied for the lead in tackles with six. Uh, Santos Knox was uh, tied with him. Uh, Carol Brooks, a great night. Um, yeah, is there any individual players you want to touch on on defense? I kind of, I kind of already talked about Siante Evans uh, a little at the top with with the pass breakups, but I think he's he's having an all star season in my opinion. He's because he plays that wide side, which is not as wide this year, but he plays that wide side corner position. I don't think he's as talked about. But we see that that's getting more action these days than it used to. I think he's been phenomenal all year. Jovan Santos Knox is having an underrated season. I think Cam Kelly has, has like the entire defense tonight. I know they gave up twenty seven points, but the entire defense tonight felt like they they weren't going to let this game slip away. So we could talk about every all twelve guys individually if we wanted to, and spend the next you know forty minutes just talking mm-hmm. defense. But the unit itself was was phenomenal tonight, led by. Micah Johnson, Dylan Wynn, and Simone Lawrence. Your leaders on defense were your leaders tonight, and I think that that's why they came away with the victory. Now we touch on the special teams. Uh, great night for the special teams for the Tiger Cats. Uh, we got to start with Lawrence Woods, though. You know, he, he just he seems to get better each week, does he not? Larry Trees, man, that's what I, that's what I'm calling him from now on. A- absolutely awesome. Just he was robbed of a touchdown. Should have had that one, but. What I find most impressive with him, well, tonight he made the right play early. One of the one of the key moments of last week's game was him fielding a punt at the one yard line. Tonight, what does he do? Let's the ball bounce into the end zone. So what I like seeing there is learning from your mistakes. Obviously, that was drilled into his head. But there were he had numerous 15 to 20 yard returns tonight, setting mm-hmm. the team up in good field position, seemed to always make the first guy miss or break the first tackle. Uh, just what more can you say about the guy? Rookie player, it, my, in my opinion, the best special teams player in the league right now. I know that Chandler Worthy and guys like some other guys have have bigger stats. But to me, he's been the most consistently great return man this year, as well as also providing excellent coverage uh, on, uh, on punt and kick coverage. He, he was phenomenal tonight, and a big reason, a very big reason this team won. Yeah, they, you know, the... The touchdown brought back, that's unfortunate, but he just, the way that he gets uh, field position for this team is just, um, we need that. We need to start in good field position for the offense. And I think if he, if he keeps doing this, when Dane comes back, hopefully he's not gone for too long. 
Um, it'll be a big benefit to this team to start, you know, near midfield uh, on on a lot of possessions. So, uh, great great job from Lawrence Wentz tonight. Uh, thumbs he, up to him. He reminds and, me a yeah. lot of Marcus Thigpen. Okay, yeah, I can see that because he's kind because like Thigpen was fast, but could also bounce off hits. Like he was a he was a bit of a bigger dude as well. I I see a lot of Marcus Thigpen. I don't think he's as good as as Marcus Thigpen because like Marcus Thigpen, and now I've said Marcus Thigpen so many times the words the words have lost all meaning. But he he was Jimmy Jokers. Sorry, <laughs> had he had he stayed in the CFL, he might have gone down as one of the greatest return men of all time. Like I don't think we talk about him. You know, he wouldn't be in the Gizmo echelon, but he would be in that tier below, I think. But he went to the NFL and, and did great down there, and then came back, obviously, and and still still made some plays with the Riders, and uh, I think he played for the Argos as well, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I see a lot more because like you know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, he's like Brandon Banks. I Banks Speedy was shiftier and faster. I think Woods Woods is fast. Don't get me wrong, but he's also got a little bit more power to him, and that's kind of where he reminds me of of Marcus Thigpen a little bit. So. You, you you got a little heft and and that at that speed makes for a pretty damn good return, man. Seth Small, four for four tonight on field goals, a long of forty six yards. He's been pretty good since being inserted as that uh, number one kicker. The Hamilton Tiger Cats kicking game has gone from good God, what what can we expect to one of the team's strengths. Michael Domagala has been an excellent, excellent punter. He is. Yep. He's got a booming leg on kickoffs. And Seth Small, clutch. That kick, what was it, like a 45, 47-yarder? Yep. 46, yep. 46-yarder, very little time left. That ice, like that won the game mm-hmm. because, I mean, you know, they would have played differently if they were only up by seven. But to hit that with, with that little time left, under two minutes, that's your game winner. And that is ice in your veins. That is clutch. That is the type of thing that we've been waiting to see from a kicker in this franchise since Laram Hyralahu left. It's the the Hamilton Tiger Cats special teams as a whole are great, but that kicking game that we were so concerned about at the start of the season, so concerned about in the preseason, so concerned about after the first couple of weeks, has really become a strength for this team. Domegala's punts are deep and and high. he had one tonight that was absolutely beautiful. Like, it must have had nearly five seconds of hang time. The coverage units get down. Like it, it's it's a perfect symbiosis between his kicks and the coverage team getting downfield. They don't give up big returns. And they're dealing with a ton of injuries to special teams. They don't have Nick Cross. They don't have Bailey Feltmate. Those are two guys that not a lot of people, those are not names. They're not household names, but they, they play on special teams and they, they're Nick Cross, especially is one of the best coverage guys in the league at this point to de- to do what they're doing is a testament to the guys that are out there. It's a testament to Domegala's punting. It's a testament to Craig Butler and his teaching and his coaching. This special teams unit has become an absolute strength for this team and some of the best. And this is, this is where it leads to good things. When you think of some of the best years, the tie cats have had strong defense, high scoring offense, tremendous special teams when this team is at the top of the special teams category they are a tough team to beat yeah michael domagala five punts 230 yards an average of 46 yards a long of 57 i'm assuming that was the monster punt you were talking about yeah um, you, you know you saw that two took two of the best punchers in the league tonight john haggerty 
Um, also, we had an average of 49.5. So these, these guys were really booming them tonight. Um, but, yeah, we can, we can get into the, the Twitter comments if you if, – uh, oh, wait, the officiating, of course. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> we have to talk about the Yes, especially near, like, the first half. That's the most egregious um, penalties, right? The, yeah. the roughing the passer on Dylan Wynn. I thought was questionable, but I didn't think it was as bad as the pyramiding. But uh, we'll, we'll dive into the the roughing the passer call first. That was bullshit. That was that's football, man. Like, I I get that you're going to protect quarterbacks, because here's but here's the here's my my biggest problem is okay, you called that fine. But there was a call earlier in the game with Matthew Schiltz where they called roughing the passer. In my opinion, I'm like, they called that, and I'm, they showed a replay, and I'm like, I don't think that that's roughing the passer. And then immediately the booth calls down and changes it. I don't understand how this call is roughing the passer. And then we see late in the game, and this was pissing off some people in my section, is there were a couple of hits on Matthew Schiltz. There was a hit on Jamie Newman that were borderline. I don't think they were late, but people, in this, based on the – and I hate using this word when it comes to this stuff because I'm so tired of hearing about precedents being set with stuff. But if you set the set the benchmark at Dylan Wynn's hit on McLeod Bethel Thompson that drew a flag, then all those other hits later in that game need to be need to be upheld to that same standard. And we saw hits on Hamilton's quarterbacks. And I'm not making this that the rest were out to get Hamilton. They made some bogus calls on the Argos as well. I just, that that hit to me is football, Mike. Like, I what more does a guy? A, you're taught as a defensive lineman, and I now granted I played defensive lineman at a Canadian, you know, Hamilton High School, but I played defensive line when I was when I was in high school, and the coaches always taught. And again, this was twenty over twenty years ago now, but it's like if you get a chance to take a shot at the quarterback, you take a shot at the quarterback. And I know the game has changed since then, but he wasn't late, he wasn't low, he wasn't high. What more do you ask a guy to do? He had a chance at the quarterback. He gets there a hair, like basically a half step after the ball was released. I didn't see a problem with it. I thought it was absolute horseshit that he got a penalty on that. Yeah, it was a millisecond late. Like it was bang, bang. He the the what they were talking about in the booth was um, they drove him into the ground or something like that. But I didn't see that. I thought it was just a a, a tackle, you know. And credit to him later on in the game. Dylan Wynn had him a uh, quarterback by the, by the ankles and he didn't, you know, he didn't rough him, you know, he, 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 he didn't, he didn't, he didn't Garrett Marino it. Exactly. He was down on the ground and he, he, the, it ended up, um, Thompson got the rid of the ball, but you know, he, when you're down that low, you, you gotta be careful. And he was so credit to him on that play. But I, I agree with you. I thought it was, I didn't think it was a roughing the passer call. I'm with you. I thought, you know, that's football. Yeah, and the, the one on Schilt earlier that they called then took back, that wasn't roughing either, was it? No. No, definitely not. It uh, it looked like a face mask or something um, initially, but, uh, yeah, they, they made the right call on that one for sure. Okay, so the pyramiding thing, they never showed a replay in the stadium. They just called it. I assumed that it was similar because I think they called that last week in a game. I don't remember which one it was, but I believe they called a pyramiding penalty on someone there. I assumed it was the same thing, and then I went on – Twitter at halftime, and all I saw was, and not just from Ticat fans, from fan neutral fans of this game, uh, fans of other teams that were watching this game, it seemed that the universal 
opinion was that it was an, a wor- almost a worse call or maybe even a worse call than the, than the Dylan Wynn hit. No one seemed to agree that that was pyramiding. So was it was it really that bad? It uh, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. The, he jumped up to make a play, and then you know he got tripped up by the defender. How is that pyramiding? Uh, I don't know. It was it was really bad. Like he he jumped, and I'm sorry, I'm just moving through my house right now. Uh, there was a, a doorbell rang, so I had to go <laughs> see what that was. But um, yes, uh, no, he just jumped, and then he kind of jumped on the the defender's shoulders, and the defender grabbed him, and he fell over. It was an absolute horseshit call. You know what's funny is I saw someone reply to it by saying. It's really odd that a sports league would penalize some guy for being super athletic. And then I kind of saw like a picture of it and I was like, it, it, the, the picture I saw looked like he jumped and then was like blocked in midair essentially. Is that yes. kind of what, what it was? Yeah. Like he, the defender or the blocker kind of grabbed him by the legs and he, he just essentially fell over. So I don't know. Like, was that wh- pyramiding? It wasn't. I don't know what the ref saw and why he would call the flag. Like, if he didn't see it properly, don't call the flag, right? Or don't call the penalty. But here, but so here's my question to this as well. If you can have the booth call down and be like, guys, that's not roughing the passer, why can't you have the booth call down? Yeah, on that? exactly. Like, it was clear cut. You can look at the replay. Have, yep. I know the eye in the sky doesn't have like omnipotent powers like they're not football jesus or football god like they can't call down for everything and i know that they've obviously changed it because they used to be really limited on what they could call down and change but i've never seen like we saw it in the ottawa game a few weeks ago where they called back two roughing the passer penalties we saw them in this game call back a roughing the passer penalty i just don't understand why if you're going to do it for that why couldn't you do why couldn't the booth call down and be like guys i i don't think this meets the definition of pyramiding like what, what are we doing yeah I don't know, but it was clear on the replay that it was not a pyramiding call. And that, that was a big call because led to an Argos touch, took a field goal off. The, didn't the Argos score a touchdown? It was at the yes, end. they did. They did. So it was a four point swing, and it could have cost the tie cast the game. And, and uh, the, yeah, they didn't do anything about it. So that's I, that's a real head scratcher for me. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I. I will definitely have to look at look at the play yeah. again. Yeah. Yep. You'll be. Does... You'll be outraged. Uh, well, I okay. It does. It does seem like most people. Again, not not just high cap fans. I've seen a saw a lot of comments at halftime being like, "This is absolutely like, what the hell is going on," but also the holding call on was it Micah Johnson that actually got the flag on the Lawrence Wood yes. touchdown? Like that looked. Yeah. Uh, he was questionable. Like I saw, it looked like a little bit of a tug on the shoulder. He was but him. Yeah. It, it had no material impact on the play. Like, let that go. Like, I, I know no one wants to adjudicate the Brandon Banks 2014 Grey Cup punt return ever again, and, and I'm sick of talking about it. But, like, sometimes ticky-tack things like that in the name of entertainment. Like, that's an exciting play that gets wiped off the board. And I know that, yeah, maybe it was a little bit, like you said, a little bit of a tug. He's passed him. He wasn't catch. I'm sorry. Was it wasn't on the punter or it was on it was on not a fast dude. Like he wasn't catching him. Like the play was over. Woods was getting to the end zone. Whether that's that happens or not, he just just awful. Like 
it, this, it this takes referee, away from the entertainment value, right? It takes away from the entertainment it, value of the does. game. And I know, I know you can't just make it the wild west out there and just like guys do whatever yeah. they want. There are rules and they have to be followed. But when things like that, that are so minor and ticky tack, like just let it go. Like you don't have, like if, if you like this game the, we started this, this show five minutes, normally like, you know, to give people a peek behind the curtain, I'll get home about 20 minutes before we're about to go live. I'll, I'll, you know, get, come home, grab a drink, maybe, especially if it's a hot night, you know, cool down a little bit or something, like stand in front of the air conditioner or whatever. Tonight, I literally got in the house three minutes before we started, and I was two minutes late. Like, I set that we set this up for a quarter after the quarter past the hour, and I texted you, I was like, I just got in, in the front, like, foyer of my apartment building. Like, we're going to have to postpone this for a couple minutes. Because of things like that, because there were so many delays and those things spoil like my, my friends brought their kid tonight and believe it or not, his favorite player is Lawrence Woods. I don't know how it happened, but that's his favorite player. I guess I think he went to one of the games and he had a return touchdown or something, but that's the guy he's decided is his favorite player on the team. And he was super excited when Woods gets a touchdown and obviously Woods had a great game and he was happy, but it's like on something so small. Like, what are you doing? Like, let the guys play. Jesus. Like, it's it's entertainment. And I know it, there's rules, and I said that. But, like, sometimes you just got to not look the other way. Like, it's not a major thing. Let, just let it go. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the the CFL game would be so much more entertaining if there was more – less penalties on returns. You know, exciting returns because that's – you know, that's been one of the, the best things about the CFL is the exciting returns over the years. And it's been spoiled the last, you know, five to 10 years by just, uh, an, an, you know, a lot of flags on returns. And it's just unfortunate. Um, but you want to jump into the Twitter comments now, Josh? Get into the comments, buddy. Because, I, I mean, we spent a lot of time kind of complaining about this. But tonight's a celebratory night. They yeah. beat the Argos. They're tied for second. They're back in second place now. they got a big game coming against the Owls. We keep, let, let's keep the party going, man. Let's let let's make. I, I really hope we don't get a bunch of negative comments tonight. Because enjoy the bloody win, Ticats fans. The first one comes from Jim Martin, and it's just uh, a gift. You guys of, are a bunch of idiots, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just a bunch. Of, it's a gif of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin flipping the double bird, going, "Oh hell yeah, uh, we like that here at yep, Potsdamie." No doubt about it. Uh, oh, from speaking, so, uh, speaking of wrestling, so second downs. You want to know what the Ticats now play? The Undertaker's theme song. They hit the Ooh. three gongs. Oh, I like it. Of its theme to like kind of get the crowd pumped up. I was like, yep, I'm into it. Feeling it. I'm feeling it. Uh, at Tiger Sammy. Okay, new plan going forward. Go into the fourth behind. Come back and win. Simple. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you can't blow a halftime lead if you don't got the lead at halftime, guys. Exactly. You know, to keep it close, but don't have a lead. <laughs> yep. Uh, from Daver, Ticat53, Simone was a machine after his injury. I feel like it woke him up. Unleash the beast. I thought Schultz and Newman did the job tonight, and the Cats had their best second half of the season. Big win they needed. The D was killing it out there. I think we also found our kicker. 100%. Could not agree anymore with that. That is spot on. Uh, from Chris Sanislo, uh, pitifully embarrassing officiating. We pulled off a win despite some typically mediocre play calling. Was the play calling that bad or were they just working with the hand they were dealt? You have a rookie in Keandre Smith. You have 
at at one point in the second half, a rookie at quarterback. I I feel as if like there were there were some plays where you're like, okay, the, you know, it's second and eight, and they throw it at five yards. But there was some I I heard people growing it. There was a Don Jackson one where he he's out in the flat. Schultz finds him. I think it was Schultz. It might have been Newham, but I'm pretty sure it was Schultz. Finds him out in the flat. He's one on one. And yeah, it's short of the sticks, but if Jackson makes the guy miss, it's a first down. And sometimes you have to put the ball in the hands of your playmaker short of the sticks and go go get us, go make a play. They how many years did you see that with, with Speedy? Where they would give him a, a five yard in route and he'd break it eighty for for a tug. So sometimes you I I get the frustration, but I think they I think after a night like tonight, I think they Tommy Condell deserves a lot of credit because I think he did with with a limited cast of weapons and a limited crew, like you're dealing with a backup quarterback and the third string quarterback. I actually thought he did pretty well. I'll be honest. I, I it wasn't you know it's not a masterpiece or anything, but no. I think given I think given the given the circumstances, given the hand he was dealt, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, they scored what thirty four points, thirty one points. What was the final score? I think it was 34-27. 34-27. They scored thirty four points. Like there's not. A whole heck of a lot you can complain about offensively when because they didn't score on defense, that they almost scored on special teams, but it got called back. That's thirty four points that the offense scored. I mean, you score thirty four points every week. I don't care how bad the play calling is, you're going to win pretty much every game you play. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I can't really put the blame on Condell, or not the blame, but I can't really say anything bad about Condell tonight. No, you know, he's been the whipping boy all season long. It seems. Um, and and no, honestly, but, uh, honestly, in a lot of ways, yeah. fairly. Like there's yeah. there when this team was struggling at the beginning of the year, the offense was bad. But I think we're seeing a little bit of Kahari's influence. We're seeing them take some more, not a ton, but we're seeing them take some more shots downfield. Like I, you can see, sort of the sprinkling in of Kahari's philosophy. And I don't like he's not the offensive coordinator, Tommy Condell, so a play caller and all that stuff. But there's there's definitely now that there's more, you know, more. In one way, you know, they say like too many cooks in the kitchen spoils the broth. But in this instance, I think having a, another set of eyes has taken the Ticats offense and made it a little bit better. But I think, again, like I understand the frustration with Condell and the way he calls a game. You were mentioning your frustrations with with his style of offensive play calling back in the preseason, back mm-hmm. in the in the like in the pre preseason. Like we're still in the off season, I think, when you first brought this to my attention. So. Yeah, it it can get better, and I don't think it was it was perfect tonight by any stretch of the imagination. But it's really hard, like you said, to kind of place any blame on him for any mistakes. I think he did a really good job with what they had to what what he had to work with. I I think tonight's one of those nights where we can kind of lay off the Condell criticism. But that's just me. From Adzaya six one four zero seven two five two, great team effort to overcome piss poor officiating. Having to put in the third QB, gutsy win. Great defense, great special teams. And can people stop crapping on Condell? Oh, wow, the- wow, geez. I know, right? Someone, very clairvoyant. <laughs> I agree. I, 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 obviously, I just went on a Condell rant for a little bit. So, I, of course, I agree with that. With all the players going down, ratio to work with not not an easy job. Players play, not coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. That's, that's, that's fair comments. Uh, Hard to disagree. From Jim Martin again, victory. Loved, loved, loved to see the team rally together. From Woods returns to Johnson and the D-line coming up big for sacks. To Newman stepping up in the third quarter and Simone coming back in. It was amazing. It was it was a very storybook book type game tonight. 
where it, it felt very cinematic in, in the way that it was uh, it played out for sure. At Strange Breed eight oh eight, love the calls tonight. Actually, felt like the team was communicating. Also, also seeing a game with no fumbles was fantastic. Newman really stepped up to the plate too. Super shame Woods lost that return. P.S. Sorry, I can't take you with me to Grand Slam two, Josh. <laughs> That's okay. Is he going to the Grand Slam, the EW Grand Slam? He's he's. I'm I'm not going, but he is. He, he went is, to the yeah. previous one last year too. Uh, he was there live for Omega and, and Danielson. That's okay. I'm going to uh, Scotiabank Arena in October to, to my inaugural Dynamite. So I, I have to wait an extra month, but it's okay. I will uh, I will live because I'm going to get to be with, there live for one of them myself soon in the future anyway. Uh, I'm a little bit jealous, Josh, I must admit. But I think eventually they will come out uh, come out west. Absolutely. Um, well, you from... knew Toronto. I, we're not going to turn this into a wrestling show. No. You, knew, you knew Toronto was going to be the first stop whenever they came to yeah. Canada. I, I know people yeah. hate how Toronto is the center of the universe. It's the biggest city in the country. If yeah. there's one country that people internationally know that's Canada, it's Toronto. So Toronto was always getting the first show. So, mm-hmm. uh, And I'm just lucky enough that I live close enough that uh, me and my buddy can go. So. It's all thumbs up from here, but they will definitely get out to. They'll get out to Edmonton, oh, yeah. Calgary. Like, yeah. They'll go to the. They always go to the major wrestling towns. But anyway, yeah, back to it'll the- happen. From at Colton Mason eighteen, nobody blows like the Argos. Tigers played a full game. Defense bent but never broke. Special teams gained important yards all around. Great team win. How about did, did those Argos sucks chants make it onto the broadcast? Because there were plenty of them tonight. Yeah, we, 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 I heard it over the TV for sure. And, and, you know, it was a mess near the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. But I felt like the crowd really, really got into it. Whether it was negative or positive, they were really loud at the end of the first half. Yeah, for and sure. From Ari Katz, a lot to take from this. A, finally outscored an opponent in the fourth quarter. B, Simone came alive, beautiful hit. C, Tim White came to life, let's build on this. D, Again, in second half, forgot about Jackson, forgot about Unger. Uh, e, need to get Duran involved, and F, turn the corner now. Yeah, the, the Jackson, the lack of, of action, I, I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but the lack of action for Jackson in the second half is a little concerning because I thought he ran really well in the first half. So to kind of, Now, there could have been ratio considerations there as well. I know Sean Thomas Erlington got a lot of play there. And they were dealing with some issues ratio-wise, just because of how many Canadians they had to play on offense tonight. But yeah, it was. It, that, I will agree. If there's, if there is something still negative to take out of this, I really wish we would get to see what he could do for a full sixty instead of using him in spurts and not really getting a whole ton of work late in games. From Ad Graham Suka or Sucha, I'm sorry if I uh, butchered your name. Uh, to the fans who have been solid supporters of the Ticaster in their fourth quarter troubles. This is for you, and I hope you enjoyed the win. Thank I you, sir. Definitely did. Def- that, that was one of the more – when it comes to regular season games, obviously the opponent plays into it too, right? Like if, if this exact same scenario happened and they were playing the Lions, probably not as special. But this felt like one of those rare nights where it meant a little more. So for it to, for it to play out the way it did felt a little poetic. From Abe Ezekiel, I think this is the guy that said uh, we wouldn't beat the Argos this year. Didn't think the Cats had it in them. Is Dane still our number one QB? Oh yes, absolutely. What did Schultz do? In, like he was fine. We and we discussed this. He was fine, but did he do anything in this game that made you go, "Oh, he's a franchise quarterback"? No. 
Mm-hmm. And and maybe and maybe Dane isn't a franchise quarterback either. Maybe he's just another guy, as I've seen some people suggest. That's entirely possible. But I do think he's better than Schiltz. So even if he's the fifth best quarterback in the league, that would still probably make him the best quarterback in the East. So unless you're going out and getting Nathan Rourke or you're going to go bring, try to bring back Zach Caleros, there's not a whole heck of a lot that they're like inserting Matthew Schultz as a starter and, and benching Dane. I, I, this was, this was a one night thing. I don't know if he could do this over the course of a full season. Yeah. I mean, this was a collective win, right? I yeah. mean, Matthew Schultz played fine, but uh, I he didn't see anything. Role. He played his part. He yeah. had, there, if this is a whole pie, there's a slice of it that was based on his performance. But if you were to take him out and put Dane in there, do you think this this result is any different? He threw a, a piss-poor interception, Schultz did tonight, which was really his only mistake of the evening. He threw another one that was negated on a pass interference call, of course. But I, I don't think that – the Cats might have won this by more if Evans is in there. You know what I mean? Like I don't think – I think his, his role in this was important. But do you – and I'm, I'm legitimately asking you this question because I'm curious how you feel. Do you think if there would have been a change at court, like if Evans would have started this game, would have been any different? I, like, obviously, I think the they, the game plan might have been different. They probably don't try to run as much, especially with quarterback design runs. But other than that, I, like, I don't think this game, like, I don't think Schiltz was the difference in this game being a win versus if Evans in there and they lose. No, I think if Evans starts, we probably win by a little bit more. Um, but but Schiltz, you know, he did a fine job. But he didn't do anything to like supplant his position to to the number one quarterback spot in my mind. Dane is you know has had his troubles this year, but he is still our guy. We're going to be moving with forward. So um, yeah, he's still our number one quarterback. From uh, Jeffrey Pedler, I like Newman. Hopefully, he will learn to grow, go through his progressions better, and not just pull it down and run. I think that's part of the, the game plan. I don't think they were necessarily necessarily letting him throw the ball tonight no i think there was maybe one or like did he have any past attempts and completions i think he was two for two two for two and i think they were short passes there was one where he got like i don't know if it counted as a sack but he broke the pocket and was looking downfield no he he was in there when they brought him in it was it was to run i i do think he's a talented player uh but he's it's his first year in the cfl you're you're I, expecting anything out of a guy like that at on any team. It would be asking a lot. But again, he played his part in this one. He had the big run on mm-hmm. the was it a I think it was a second and one or was it a third and one where he had the massive run. I, I can't remember now. But he he had his role and and like you said, this was this was a full team effort and everyone who got on the field today had had a bit to play in why this team came away victorious. So yeah, I mean. It, it, are we talking now about like since since the backup's playing now the third string quarterback's everyone's favorite player like it, it it almost it's almost comical at this point that like it's always the guy who's behind the guy starting that everyone seems to think he could be the guy but I mean he played his part and he played it well but they they, they it was definitely designed for him to run the football tonight I I don't have any doubt about that that leads in well. Uh, add Jared Breyer, Jamie Newman for the win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he, he did his part just like you just said. Uh, from uh, Claudio Rapasso, how, how, how did we win this? It's like Winnipeg and Hamilton swapped luck this week. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, don't, I don't think it was luck. I think this was, this was a gritty, gutsy win. 
Like, I don't think that – they didn't get any bounces going their way. They didn't get – like, you know what I mean? Like, Winnipeg had some bad luck last night. Like, like two missed field goals in, in the span mm-hmm. of five minutes. That's bad luck. I don't, I don't think the Ticats really had good luck. They made the, – you know, Billy Zane, Titanic, they made their own luck. Again, me with the dated references. But I, I don't think that – I think this was – this was a good win. You know what I mean? Like sometimes teams win. I think the Ticats this year, their previous wins have been, they've been okay. But it's like you're never, you never leave the game satisfied. You're kind of like, oh, they won. Like that's good. But it's like, eh. But man, this, didn't, this felt like a win. The other two wins felt like not losses. I know that that sounds silly. But <laughs> yeah, this, one, this, one, this one, and again, maybe it's the opponent. Maybe it's after what happened last week. But this, this felt like the team winning this game and playing the way that we've been wanting to see them play now for almost two months or over two months at this point. I, I, I understand where Claudio's comments coming from and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, talk down to him or anything like that. He's, he's a good dude, but I, I don't know if luck played a, a lot of role in this one. I think this was just a really solid football game from the Hamilton tire cats. And it's maybe it looks like luck because we hadn't seen it very often this year. From John Wynn. The effort, the raw emotion, the resilience. It really looked like the team played like this was a playoff must-win game. That's an excellent point. And, uh, John, tell your son we love him, and he was awesome tonight if you get a chance to speak to him. He was absolutely phenomenal and uh, really appreciate what he brings to the team. But he, he's right. It, it did kind of have a playoff feel to it now that I think – like you mentioned the crowd at the start of the show, and, and they were they were intense, and this this did feel like – and I've, I've long said, if, if it's not a game that eliminates you from the playoffs or eliminates you from playoff contention, there's no such thing as a must-win. The Ticats seemed to treat this game like it was a must-win, and they went and got the win. This was, like I said, this was, uh, in, in response to Claudio's comment, like this was, a, this was a very good win for this team. From Tim Caper, will be a fun game next week with Schultz potentially starting again in Montreal. That's a good point. Him going back to his old stomping grounds. That could be kind of fun. That's that's a big game now, too, though. The, like, them, the Owls getting the win in Winnipeg. Like, I after that happened last night, I was like, man, they're going to – because I didn't think – I'll be perfectly blunt. I picked the Argos on three down. I We were walking to the game, and my friend's son was like, who do you think is going to win? And I said to him, point blank. And he's six years old, and I said to him, point blank. I think Ticats are going to get their asses kicked. I really <laughs> thought with everything going against them that this team was going to get absolutely obliterated and we were going to have to tuck our tails on the on the postgame show tonight. To see what they did, it sets up for a – I think it's going to set up for a really good game next week. That's going to be – I'm hoping Evans is healthy. Uh, I, I I don't know if he will be. Obviously, practice next week will be the dictator of that. I'll, I'll obviously – if. What I when I go and what I see, I'll I'll send out, of course. But that that, that could make for an interesting storyline. Schultz going back to the team that that dumped him. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, uh, that could be kind of fun. Even if I hope it's it's Evans in there, not Schultz. But if it is him, that that I mean that would be the story all week, right? Like him going back to his old his old team. That could be fun. Uh, from John, when again, Colin Kelly has been a big addition to the O line. Hashtag Go Beavs. Uh, <laughs> I guess yeah. it was uh, Oregon State Beavers. Is that what, what it is? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is it Oregon State? Or? Yeah, yeah Oregon, okay. Oregon State's the yeah. Beavers. I, I agree, though. I mean, he's been great since he came in. Yeah. No, he 
And for him to switch, I know he said when he came to Hamilton that his he's more naturally a right tackle, but they had to play left. And I thought he was really good at left tackle for, I think it was only one game he played there, maybe two. And then he switched over to right, and it's been seamless. Like, the offensive line has been, despite, like, they've, they've, they've kind of solidified over the last couple of weeks. It's, we don't talk about them anymore because there's nothing to talk about because they just kind of do their job. And I think that that's the biggest compliment you can give those guys up front. All right, that's all we got, Josh. So for uh, thanks to everyone for listening once again. Uh, you know, our last show did uh, really good numbers for us, so we're really happy with that. Uh, it just it seems to really be, you know, catching on a little bit. So thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say yep. that this one won't do as well simply because I do think people like to come on here, especially fans of opposing teams, and listen to us be miserable. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot to be miserable about tonight. So I do I, I don't I'm not gonna hold no. last week's ratings, the lofty standard <laughs> that we set there going forward. Um but I'm always I'm you know, when we started the podcast, it was kinda like, man, if we get ten people to listen to us and here we are now doing live post game shows with interacting with the fans, like it's why we do it, man. Like you and I are the ones that do all the talking, but it's 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 being kind of the voice of the fan that that's really that, that's the role that I'm trying to do with three down. That's the role that you and I are trying to do here. We want to be your voice getting you and you guys commenting. Like it's, it's, this is fun. And, and yep. especially after wins is fun, but I, I don't think we're going to do as well because I don't, people want to hear us be, cause that, that, there's, you know, misery loves company and what have you. And you want to like the schadenfreude of, oh man, these, especially me, this loud mouth jackass has to eat his words. I, 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 I get it. I, I understand, but yeah, this was a fun. Yeah, there, there's some, uh, so there's some, what do you call it? Hate listens out there yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, but we'll take any listens we can get. Yeah. Right. So they all count the same, man. You want to, exactly. You want to listen and call me a jerk. Go ahead. You want to listen and say, you love me. It's all, you're all the same. I appreciate the people that like me more than the people that hate me, but it's all good. It's all good, man. No, this is going to be a good weekend. There's nothing, there's nothing bad that like we're going to go into, you know, the Hamilton honey badgers made the, uh, Made the CEBL finals. Uh, they play that this weekend. It's a good day for Hamilton sports. I'm going to go watch the Forge game though and see if they won. That'll make it a, a nice three for three. We'll see if how they turned out. But it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good weekend. That, that you're going to see. I mean, I guess you won't, but I will. Or people listening to this, you see a lot of people strutting around the hammer this weekend. I think having a, a good old time because the Ticats got that win tonight. Yeah, it, it was a fun game to watch, and there's, uh, you know, it's a it's a good time to be a Hamilton sports fan for sure. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. So, for Pods Kiwi, I'm Mike Graham. Eat them raw. Eat them raw. <laughs>